the purpose of a company in the 21st century is not to actually sell and make profit. That's the result of what you do. So the purpose of a brand is to create a customer. And so when we can find a customer, we can serve their needs and to make their life a little easier to look out for them. Welcome to the Marketing Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. Join your host, Dots Oyobulu, as he learns from CMOs, agency leaders, and business leaders about the state of performance marketing, plus insights on strategies, campaigns, and intelligence for commercial impact. Connect the dots and enjoy the latest episode. Hi, marketers. This is Dots, and welcome to the Marketing Leadership Podcast. With me here is Chris Doe, CEO, Chief Strategist, and Executive Creative Director at Blind. We will discuss transforming regular marketing leaders into great brand builders. I know you guys are ready, so let's do it. Chris, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dots. Absolutely. Guys, this is an exclusive episode. I know if you are looking at Chris right now, he's very humble. I've seen him on social as well. Very humble. He's talking him for at least eight years with a lot of the great content that he's sharing. So an honor to have you. I cannot hide that. I'm sorry. I am just myself like so. For those who don't know you, and that's probably a few of my audiences, what, what, what has been your background? Can you tell us your story, you know, how you rose to the top of marketing and business? Sure. I'm a traditionally trained graphic designer who went to the Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. And since graduating in 1995, I started my first business called Blind, which you mentioned at the top. And it's a motion design company that produces and does post-production for commercials and music videos. But that's not what I do today. Today, I teach the world through social platforms. I run another company called The Future, which was founded in 2017. And it's the intersection of what I love the most, talking about business strategy, about brand and design, and making content and helping people to figure out their voice in the world. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Permit me if I'm going through the deep end here. You look like someone who has really taken care of himself because you've been in the marketing space for maybe three decades now. Is there a secret to that? Is there an elixir I need to go drink immediately? Yeah. The elixir is to be passionate about what you do, to love every moment, to be present in what you're doing. And if something doesn't give you joy, you need to figure out a different game plan. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I'm on that route. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So to the topic here, at, and again, you, as you mentioned through your background there, you've got a lot of experience with, with brand design, with brand strategy, and being very creative. I have a bit of a curious one. So it's one thing to to promote a brand for the sake of, say, your customers who are going to eventually buy from you. It's another thing to see the brand as a business leader or as a marketing leader from your own perspective. So my question is this, how do you think leaders should perceive their own brand for themselves before they start to promote that brand to the world? You're talking about a personal brand or a corporate brand? It doesn't matter. It could be personal, it could be corporate. Actually, it could be a mixture of both. Okay, well, my answer is going to be very different. It does matter to me. I do make a pretty strong distinction. Because you, every person who's listening to this has a brand already. You have a personal brand because that's the perception that people have of you. That doesn't mean that you have a singular personal brand. You can have a multitude or even an infinite number of personal brands because your mom will always see you as her baby boy or girl. And you're, to your little brother or sister, they always look at you as the big brother or sister. So you have all the answers. To your enemies, you're just the enemy. To the people who work for you, you're an inspirational leader. 
And so when we talk about personal brand, what we're talking about is the intentional act of understanding who you are and communicating that, your beliefs, your values, and your story to the world. And it's very different because when you're talking about your personal brand, it's not about gaining market share. It's not about selling things. It's not about conversions. It's just being able to show up as yourself and to be able to communicate that to others. When we talk about corporate brand, that's a very different thing. A corporate brand's owned by no one and owned by everybody. And it's usually a department of people talking about their shared values and interests and shaping it. And it can change over time. But whereas a personal brand is you, you're allowed to grow, but who you are fundamentally has been set in stone from for a long, long time. Yeah. Thanks for the dis- distinction there. But you're also right about the family parts, you know, what people see dots as. So I was wondering if you've been, if you've seen me somewhere in the crystal ball. So that was very accurate. Of course, the other ones are not as accurate on the business side. Trying to be a good leader is always a continuous task, a continuous role as you affect your organization. Another angle I'd like to look at here, it's a bit cutthroat, but we'll see how well we can discuss it with meaning. Products, right? A corporate brand, sticking to where you're looking at now, at the core is product. Maybe there are some other things as well. Purpose of business is to sell and make profit. And there's also the part of pricing, which I really like. I know you have a lot of experience in this pricing approaches, negotiations, sales, and all that fun stuff. So do you want to tell us more about that? What is the impact of a corporate brand, a good, solid corporate brand? What's the impact of that on a nice pricing approach or some will call it value-based pricing approach? Does brand matter at all in how pricing should be done and can be done? Yeah, you've asked like four questions in one. I'm just taking some notes to try to figure out which question I can answer. I do want to say something. The purpose of a company in the 21st century is not to actually sell and make profit. That's the result of what you do. So the purpose of a brand is to create a customer. And so when we can find a customer, we can serve their needs and to make their life a little easier to look out for them. A relationship is built from mutual giving. So we give value to our customer. We make their life easier. We make it so that they suffer less and they achieve their goals quicker. Then they give us value by supporting us with purchasing of services and goods. And they, they tell other people of their own free will to say, I really enjoy this restaurant. I really like this designer. You should work with them because it gives us joy to share the things that we care about. When it comes to pricing is positioning. If we look at bottles of water, if we look at hotels or even computers or consumer electronics, somebody always sits at the very top or near top and someone sits at the bottom. Then there's a bunch of people in between. So we can almost make deductions about the quality of a wine based purely on its pricing and its packaging. The packaging, as we know, you can spend lots of money on making really great packaging and have really cheap wine, but it creates an impression. So we know that the price tells us something and the packaging matter too. So if you just look at what is a brand, focus on those two things, pricing, packaging, which creates positioning. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. And by the way, Chris, I wanted to get an MBA and I was told by my boss to start a podcast. So today I've learned a few things, including the purpose of business. (laughs) So thank you for that. Just to add to what you said there, I think packaging is, there's an aspect of the branding or building a brand in the packaging, whether it's the literal packaging or different other ways to create that brand perception. I used to read a book back in the day, Branding for Dummies, very old book by Wiley. It says a brand is a promise and uh, being able to, however way you show that promise in your product, I think is what would put your price 
at the top, not at the bottom, not in the middle in terms of positioning and getting a market share. So let's say we've got our mindset sorted out. We've got our pricing for products and products, everything about the product pricing sorted out. Now we want to go to market, right? Another thing that you're an expert in is designing lead generation streams or what I would call revenue streams or predictable revenue for brands and businesses. Now, again, what's the impact on brand on that? Branding or building the brand, what's the impact of that on making sure that you're able to create some sort of a flywheel that continues to deliver a, a lead stream? Now, there are different school of thoughts around this. Some people say, you know, marketing leaders can utilize the community flywheel to grow their brand and thus creating a consistent system of lead generation. But I think I would like you to share this on a general perspective and tell us how do you recommend businesses do it? How do you recommend businesses leverage the power of their brand to drive consistent lead generation? Mm, okay. I think we have to establish some terminology to make this thing clear for people and easier to understand. In the May-June issue from 2023, Harvard Business Review, there was an article on there about performance marketing. So what most people consider marketing, I think it's the most accurate term I can think of is performance marketing. It indicates us what's important. So performance marketing is about short-term revenue. So that if we run an ad, if we run a campaign, we're looking for conversions, we're looking to increase sales. So anytime somebody is like saying flash sale, 48 hours, 24 hours, save 30% off today only, that kind of thing, that's performance marketing. And that is most closely associated with advertising. So advertising is a subset of marketing. Marketing is a much bigger umbrella. And the article goes on to say, if you only focus on performance marketing, on the other end of the spectrum, it comes at the cost of building long-term value. And that's what we call branding. So the things that we associate, the positive feelings that we associate with a company, product, or service organization is what we call brand. And when you sell to people too often, you diminish the long-term value. But if you focus purely on long-term value, you may not have enough gas to get you there. So it's a balance of these two. Somewhere in the middle is a more modern definition of marketing, which I like to refer to from Seth Godin from his book, This is Marketing. He says that marketing is a generous act of helping other people get what they want, not what you want. So it's a generous act of helping others. And he goes on to the theory now that in the old media, it was advertising, it was through repetition, and they could beat you down. They can wear you down by repeating a message over and over again so that you start to believe it. But in the 21st century, with the advent of open social media networks where you and I can talk and groups of people can talk, it doesn't really matter anymore what the company says. We control the brand. We own the brand because it's not what you say it is. It's what they say it is, right? And so then now what we want to do is we want to be able to help them achieve their goals and in doing so, they're going to say positive things about us. So branding is the intentional act of influencing people's perception, but it has to be based on reality. It can't be based on an empty promise. It won't work. Hmm. Interesting. Thanks for breaking that down. Some people will call the, the middle of brand and performance, we also say direct, is a demand generation. Again, it's more of a B2B term these days. What's the term again? Demand generation. Okay. I've never heard that term before. It's extremely popular in B2B, whereby you have the perfect mix of brand and performance. And what they say is you use brand to take 
people who are not aware of your unique solution to their common problem into the pot where now they are aware and there is some top of mind awareness as it were. And then you can use performance to capture them, which again, they call demand capture. See, Chris, too many times in B2B, it's, it's insane. <laughs> but I think B2C or direct-to-consumer can leverage that middle that you're talking about there, which is demand generation in more thoughtful ways. Again, community-led growth could be one way to do that. Uh, in a way, you are doing that with the many millions of businesses that you helped worldwide, directly or indirectly. Uh, but there are many other ways to do that there. So saying thanks for, for really breaking that down. Guys, it can't get any better here on, on the podcast, the Marketing Leadership Podcast. All I'm asking for you is to share. Please share, share. If you have not been sharing before, now we're having a party today. As you can see, I'm dressed for the occasion if, you are, if you're watching. Please share this episode that is will help us to continue to do this. We have an incredible grace in shooting for the stars. And this is one of them. We are looking at incredible knowledge here. We are not trying to sugarcoat anything when it comes to the topic. We are delivering extra value that you can use to improve your marketing career. So please, it will help us if you share this. You can do every other thing. The common thing in YouTube is smash the like button, smash all the buttons. Yeah, Once you finish smashing those and they are well broken into smithers, then you can share this episode as it will really help us out. I have one more question for Chris, but before then, we're going to go in a very, very quick commercial break from our sponsor, and it's going to be the Dots Rapid Fire. I have no doubt that Chris is going to just quench the fire because he's great like that, but we'll have to see. Guys, I'm saving the best question for the last, so don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Listen Network, where podcasts meet their potential. If you're a brand needing podcast episode promotion or podcast follower promotion, Listen Network is here to give you the best in-class analytics, podcast growth attribution, and podcast promotion success. Find out more at www.listennetwork.co. Guys, welcome back. So, it's the Dots Rapid Fire. Chris, imagine that you're in a virtual marketing court of law. You're a witness. And you have these three questions where you have to say the truth and nothing but the truth. Are you ready? So first question, what is your favorite marketing metric apart from sales or revenue? The most important marketing metric to me would probably be engagement because it tells me a lot about it, whether the message is being received and how excited people are to hear from us. Mm, mm, interesting. Okay. I'll go to the second question. I think that makes a lot of sense. Second question, how long do you use social media every day for work? Anywhere between three to six hours a day. Ooh, I know you do a lot of like live shows too as well. So yeah, it's, that makes sense. That makes sense. And you are very close to getting 1 million followers on Instagram. So please, I am begging you, if you are listening or hearing, Chris is very authentic. You don't get that with marketing influencers like this. Let's get him to 1 million, please. Okay, thank you. Last question. What is your favorite marketing quote? I think I already shared it with you. I, I think it starts with the definition of marketing from Seth Godin. I didn't, is, want, I didn't want to spoil it for you. Go ahead. Yeah, which is that marketing is the generous act of helping people get what they want. Mm, interesting. Okay, I'll stay through to that. So the last question here is something you're probably aware of in a way, not just because we stalk our guests a lot, but because it's a real issue. And that's basically social influence, right? So you've got, again, to the topic, marketing leaders being great brand builders, right? 
along that line is them leveraging social influence, right? Internet has been changing. You've got chat GPT. If you're listening or watching, try saying that 20 times without stopping. We've had all these other technological innovations out there that is creating both good and evil for brands and personalities alike. My question is, how do we better use this platform responsibly in terms of the messaging we produce? Are we being authentic with the values that we share? Are we being helpful with the messaging that we are showing? Or are we just, here is my success, trying to intimidate somebody else, which Chris doesn't do. And I'm not saying that because it's here. I, we did a lot of stalking way back many years. So I, I see your style, which is highly commendable, by the way. So how can people actually become of great influence like you? Let's just put it that way. Because I think you're a very good model of what it is to be responsible when talking about your brand online. Okay, my answer is going to be complicated and it's going to be counterintuitive. So here we go. If you want to make impact and be influential, you should not focus on being impactful or influential. You should just focus on figuring out how to teach and, and to get to know who you are as a person. And I think what people do is they wear masks in public. It's called the persona. And we think the mask is opaque, that they can't really see the true us. Like when we put it on, they, we think we fool people because we're really good at acting. And the truth is we're not. The mask is very transparent. So when we show up, we start to pretend to be somebody that we think we need to be accepted, to be loved, to be respected. And mostly because we're afraid of being questioned and ridiculed and criticized. So I always find it that it's strange that all the people that I know in my circle who are trying to create this impact, this influence, they are not happy with who they are. So if you're short, you want to be tall. If you want to be tall, you want to have a lot of hair. If you have a lot of hair, you want it to be full-bodied. If it's full-bodied, then you want to have a six-pack. It's like, why can't we ever just be happy and content with who we are while we work on personal development? So we're always chasing something. We're never living in the present. And so what happens is when we create content, we have to ask ourselves this really important question. What is the intention behind what it is that you're sharing? Is it to impress people? Because if it is, then you'll write things that sounds like you're trying to impress people. And you know what's not impressive? Trying to impress people. If you're trying to show up because you want to be liked, you'll be disliked. It's really oddly paradoxical in its result. So if we can just say, hey, my intention today is to share a very real feeling, an emotion, a win, a loss, a struggle, anything, and it's okay, as long as that is your intention. I'm not sharing a sad moment in my life because I'm seeking pity or your comfort. I'm sharing because this is how I exist and how I express myself in a very real way. When the cameras are off and when no one's recording, no one's listening, this is how I behave. And so we're trying to align our true selves and our persona, who we show up in public as, to be the same. And very few people I actually meet are the same person. And that's the real challenge of content creation and building authority and creating the kind of impact influence that you want. If you look around and you ask yourself, who are the people throughout history who I really admire and look up to? They could be living, they could be dead, but you look at them like, what have they done that makes them so admirable? Well, they're accomplished people. They have a, a degree of gratitude and humility that they can go out into the world and do wonderfully incredible things and yet be so grounded in who they are. They're not living in their accomplishments, they're living in the moment. And so we ask ourselves, are we living in the moment? Are we being present to who we are? Are we being genuine to our fears, our loves, our highs and our lows? And most of the time the answer is no. 
Mm. Interesting. I don't know if you remember this. Again, we stalk our guests a lot. We had to stalk you on steroids. And you, you spoke about a, I don't know if it's a parable now, of the Pac-Man. I think you said you read a book about the Pac-Man that was looking for his missing piece. Can you remember that story? Yes. Sure, I'll share it. Reflection of, of what we are discussing today with this. Yes. Uh, so it's a book called The Missing Piece. It's written by Shel Silverstein, and he's a wonderful author and illustrator uh, of a series of books for children. But I think the message isn't for children, it's for adults. It's just wrapped in this package of easy-to-consume content. So there's a shape. Imagine a circle, and it's missing a little wedge, so it has a little mouth. It looks like Pac-Man, if those people are familiar with video games. And it feels like it's missing something. So it's in a quest to find its missing piece. So as it goes through the forest, it's rolling through, it sings songs, and it, it watches the butterfly, it lands on its nose, and it, it, and it listens to the crickets chirp, and it does all these wonderful things. But everywhere it goes, it goes, hi-de-ho, hi-de-ho, off we go, off to find my missing piece. And so along the way, it meets little wedges, kind of like a pie shape, and it asks the, the, the wedge, are you my missing piece? And the, usually the piece says, I don't know, and it tries. So it tries a small piece, and of course, it doesn't fit properly. It, it inhibits its ability to sing. So it's like got something in its mouth. So it spits it out like, okay, you're not my missing piece. Then it finds a piece that's really too big. And then it puts it in its mouth and it rolls around and it can't roll properly because it's too big and it's choking on it. So it spits it out. And then finally, you're like, will it ever find its missing piece? And eventually looks at a piece. And as far as we can tell, it looks like the perfect piece, the right size, the right shape. And it goes, are you my missing piece? It goes, I don't know. So guess what? They get together and they perform. They form a perfect circle. So now it's rolling down the hill, but because it's the perfect shape, it goes really fast. So it can't say hi to the butterfly, can't listen to the cricket sing, and it can't smell the flowers. It can't do anything. It just rolls really fast. And it stops and it comes to the conclusion. It spits that piece out and it says, thank you, and it moves on. And it discovers a very important lesson that in your search to fill the hole that you have in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit, you're chasing something that will never be there. When in, in fact, the thing that you need to learn from the story is you are 100% complete just as you are, just as you were designed and intended to be in this world. And so if we can learn to, to accept that part of us, to love that part of us, then we become complete. Mm. Um, uh, LinkedIn just hits 1 billion active users. And the question I ask myself is, what would that be? Because... Some people had criticized platforms like Instagram for the whole feeling mental health causing platform because of some of these things that we're talking about. But now we have LinkedIn. So guys, if you're listening, if you're watching, ingest everything that Chris has said here, but in addition is just help people. Just help people as much as you can. Help people in the most authentic way humanly possible. If you are going to help people through your brand, which is what we are discussing here, fine. If you want to help people as, in my case, dots, fine as well. Let's take out all the fakeness. Let's take out all the validation that people get in social media. And you'll be shocked, Chris. There's so much social media validation that people seek. People which of which you even respect. But that's another topic for another day. I know I can go on and on here, but it's been an incredible pleasure having you here on the podcast discussing how marketing leaders can actually be brand builders, whether it's their brand or, or, or their corporate brand and all the, the different areas around it. Thank you so much for the wisdom. Where can people find you? Again, those who don't already know you, where can they find you? Don't forget, we need to get to 1 million followers on Instagram and more. 
That's right. You can find me everywhere on social media at the Chris Doe on all social platforms. And if anything that I'm saying excites you and you want to go behind the curtain, beyond the social content that I post for free, I do have a coaching community that I would love to see grow and blossom with you in it. It's called the Pro Group, and we'll share the link here. Yeah, absolutely. If you're viewing, it's there as well, but you can also just search if you're listening and find Chris. Guys, like I said, these are how we do it on the podcast. In one year, we've made so much success, and I'm saying this with all manner of grace and humility. And I hope that this continues to help you. And if you want more from that, it's on my website, dotslopsmarketing.com. We'll find all the episodes there. We are ramping up production now. Again, like I said, great content, great wisdom from great guests at the very top of their game. If you also want to subscribe, sure, just go to Apple, Spotify, and YouTube and search marketing leadership. And you should find me there somewhere with my arms akimbo. I'd like to thank Desk Rig, Content Allies, and Listen Network for supporting us through this journey. Till next time, guys, connect the dots. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. There will be links to any resources mentioned in today's show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you.